All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Permanent Screwheads Talk Horror. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we're here once again to dissect, dismember, and discuss horror movies. Today's horror movie is going to be the 2007 pseudo-documentary, I guess found footage-esque horror film. It's like a pseudo-documentary something or other. (laughs) Anyway, it's the the Poughkeepsie Ticks, which I am very proud of because I think I pronounced that right. So That's how you pronounce it? Poughkeepsie, yes. Really? I did not know that. What did you think it was pronounced? Poughkeepsie? Poughkeepsie. Actually, it might be Poughkeepsie. I may have gotten that wrong. Damn it! God damn it. Damn it. I know how that goes. Wait, wait. We're just going to go. Yeah? Dan, where is Poughkeepsie? Poughkeepsie is either on on Long Island or not on Long Island. One of the two. But it's in New York? And it is the second one. It is in New York. It is in upstate New York. And I know that because... What's up? Didn't all the killings take place in Reading, Pennsylvania? It might have. Honestly, I'm not, I'm not sure which one this one is based in, because, um, I mean, it is a fictional one, but, yeah, there's been serial killers in Pennsylvania and shit like that, too. Um, I actually do have a little bit of um, research. Uh, I've done a little bit in why they chose Poughkeepsie in the, uh, or Poughkeepsie, fuck. Um, anyway, <laughs> why in the, uh, in the in the movie itself, but uh, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit. Um, yeah, definitely. In the meantime, Andrew, how are we doing? I, you know, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Um you know, things are. I, I just finished, or not finished. I'm almost finished a new Alien vs Predator novel that came out, and it's it's pretty good. It's uh, you know, it's, it's it's a good life with this new Predator. What's novel. it about? Uh, it is about aliens and predators, and uh, predators go to tracks, this planet to go hunt, and they're there, and they fight, and there's humans there. Like it's, I gotta say, it's one of the better ones I've read in a long time. Uh, I've they've been producing a lot of Alien and Predator content lately. I don't know why, but like, I feel like there's been a novel every other month. And a lot of them are really bad, and this one's actually pretty pretty good. Uh, so you know, I'm, yeah, I'm riding Probably, high. Probably yeah, because the success of Prey, it's a good, it's a good eating time for uh, Predator fans right now. That's true. Well, then we have the Alien new Alien movie with Fede Alvarez and the new TV show coming out. So I feel like they're just like Disney's just trying to milk that property as much as they can right now. Yeah, definitely. And especially to, um, well, actually, no, not even especially to, I just want to let you know as well. Um, I am now the proud owner of Alien Colonial Marines. <gasps> Yeah, no, I got it in a humble bundle with like ten other games, and that was one of them. So I guess I guess I have one now. So now you'll never play it, but still own it. So oh, here we go. My cats are going to be fighting in the background again. Uh-oh. You two done? You good? You all set? All right. Well, if you hear screaming in the background, it's either that or one of the actresses of the Poughkeepsie tapes uh, <laughs> chained up somewhere. That is well, a joke. That is a very very bad joke. How dare you? Actually, uh, speaking I, of of joke was and or well, you know other than, uh, <laughs> other speaking jokes. of women chained up in basements <laughs> well uh you know how um how in the last episode we talked about we we're like oh you know we only have one we only have uh, two listeners uh my sister yes. was like what the fuck i, I listened to all of your episodes and you didn't you didn't shout me out <laughs> so uh you know kate my, my sister kate is also a listener so uh just need to toss that that in there she uh she she listened to all of our episodes even if she said she didn't see the movie and she didn't think that we hate italians so you know i asked her if we owe the italians apology she said no so. Good, good. So you you are still pro no, no apologizing to the I, 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 just, I still don't know what I have to apologize to them for. I've never explained to me why we need to apologize to them. No, we we just we got to apologize anyway. Uh, see our post on that one uh, in terms of. Uh, are you two done? 
I am so sorry. My cats are, like, really, really zoomy right oh. now. I have an older cat, and I have a younger cat, and the younger cat wants to play all the time, and the older cat's just like, no, I'm old, I don't want to play, so I'm going to be a grump. But that's that. <laughs> but, yeah, once again, if you hear screaming in the background, that would be why. I will say, uh, anyway, here, I, yeah. I think that um, uh, Discord has its own kind of noise gate, gate in it, and I can't hear anything. Interesting. So, so I actually like I can't hear anything that's going. Um, any cats going crazy? So maybe maybe on your audio it'll, it'll sound different. But for my yeah, because we I record audio separately and then splice it together, so it's not. I mean, we use Discord to communicate, but we use uh, Audacity to create the audio itself. Anyway, that's that. Uh, yeah. So thank you to our listeners. I guess I don't know. I feel like we we track last track of the narrative at this point. You want to jump into the movie? Or yeah. Wait, 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 how, how are you doing? Because you asked me how I'm doing. I, I, I explained to Alien and Predator. How are you doing? What was that? How are you? How is your life? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I am two episodes into Cobra Kai season five right now, and I have, I believe, eight to go. And I'm trying to see if I'm going to watch them all tonight, which I probably is not. I'm not going to, but I'm going to try. Dude, I feel like that's Cobra Kai. I feel like I don't, every time we binge the entire season in like a sitting, it's insane. It's so good. It's so good. Actually, I have a fun game for you. Now that I'm thinking about uh, Poughkeepsie and how it's pronounced or anything like that. So you grew up in Vermont, correct? Yeah. Okay. So what I am going to do is I am going to go ahead and send you... I grew up in the Chicagoland area. So I'm going to go ahead and send you an actual Wisconsin city name from the border, and I want you to tell me how it's pronounced, okay? Okay. Okay? All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's go ahead and try this one real quick. I'm sending it to you through Discord. Here's the okay. very first one. All right, all right, all right. That's, that's, a, that's a fake word. Uh, <laughs> I just don't think I can pronounce it because I'm going to like miss a syllable. Akonomowak? 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 Akonomowak. Yeah, that was actually very close. Oh. Akonomowak. Yep. Akonomowak. That's how it is. That that's was, a that sick was name. Like two... That is pretty good. How about this one? It sounds like it sounds to me like something uh, that like a different language would use like an install like a your your, your pestigo like your is it pestigo pestigo and then the very very last one wakesha 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 I actually went to school there for a little bit did you wakesha I did yeah for two years did you do you do you say wakesha or do you go wakesha every time you say oh yeah wakesha now, yeah, yeah. one of my favorite YouTube videos way back during that era was uh, they went up to Texans and basically gave them that list of names and tried to pronounce them. It was it was fantastic. <laughs> See, like with a real heavy Southern Texan accent. When I was uh, doing my master's in ESL, uh, one of the things they had us do is go explore your language, and your, like, your linguistic background and your accents. And apparently Vermont has a very flat, flat accent. Uh, we we have like we have a very non noticeable accent, I guess, in, in terms mm-hmm. of the United States. The only thing that we mess up is like T's. So in Vermont, like well, I, don't, I don't go Vermont, I go Vermont, hmm. and like mountain, it's mountain. There's no T in mountain. So those are like those are like the the Vermont things. If I if I have, if I uh, extenuate the T, because uh, yeah, yeah, I guess we drop it, we drop a word. 
<laughs> That's actually kind of interesting because uh, one of my friends came down to visit me um, this weekend, and we all met up in Korea just like you and I did. Um, but he stayed there quite a bit longer, um, and he's married to a Korean woman right now, but now they've moved on back to Canada. And his wife is Korean, so English is his second language. Um, but one thing that we were talking about was apparently, like, she has a really, really hard time distinguishing between some Canadian accents. Like, there are a few people who are just, that I've met, like, mutual friends of ours, where I don't think they have an accent at all, but she says, oh, yeah, I have a really hard time understanding that person. Hmm. And then I ask her, you know, well, do you have a hard time understanding this Canadian person? And she goes, oh, no, 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 that person's fine. And I'm just like, they sound exactly the same to me. How interesting. I don't know the difference. I don't know what's going on. Oh, but yeah. Is it like speed maybe? Maybe it's how fast they speak? or like Possibly, yeah. She says it's the Canadian accent. So I have no idea exactly how to break that down. It's all those stories in between everything. You know. Yeah, <laughs> must be. Yeah, sorry. I have to apologize to Let's Canadians. Go to the, let's go to the mall, everybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, Dan, I, I did actually finally see Nope. Uh, I loved oh, it. you saw Nope? What'd you think? I, lo- I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic too. Uh, I don't think we should discuss it too much, just because no. it is a recent movie, and I don't want to spoil it. And th- definitely, this is a movie you don't want spoiled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we can definitely geek out about that later on. But I would definitely recommend it. Would you say it's better than Get Out? No. Like, I, I, I didn't feel any horror to it, so I felt like Get Out felt really creepy. I didn't feel like this felt creepy at all, other than the one Agreed. scene where you kind of see the inner workings of what's going on. That seems mm-hmm. like kind of yeah. gross and awesome for what they show, but otherwise I think it's not yeah. a really scary movie. Oh, yeah, that one scene that everyone's talking about. Yeah, no, I 100% good, which is that, that scene was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, there is just FYI, there is a behind the scenes video of how they did that on YouTube. So I would oh, really checking that out. Yeah, it's oh, really cool. I'll check that out. Yep. Uh, but yeah, no, that was great. Uh, I saw Thor Love and Thunder finally. It came to digital. Oh, what'd you think? Uh, not as good as Ragnarok, but still fine. Like afterwards, um, my girlfriend was just like, it set out exactly to do what it wanted to do. It was like a fun little brainless popcorn movie, but it really wasn't much beyond that. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. So I think mm-hmm. there was too much. Uh, Clorg, who does who does? Clorg, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, yeah. There's too much of him, which he's a fantastic character, and not enough of Gore, because mm-hmm. I think there there could have used a few more scenes of Gore killing gods. Like it was just kind of a tell don't show sort of thing. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think that that would have been really important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, it was good. Small mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. It was fine. I just there were the, the pacing was a little bit off, but overall, it was one of the better MCU films. So. Yeah, I, I thought yeah, it was weird that they, like I feel like there's a lot of people saying that it's like it's it's the sign of the, of the MCU apocalypse, and I'm like, I feel like there's worse ones out there, mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot worse. I don't know. Um, yeah. yeah, awesome. Well, do you want to hop into this movie? You said you have background on this movie. What's what's, what's this? I kind of yeah. So I'm actually surprised you don't. Well, and the reason I, why I say that is um, basically just internet osmosis. So the Poughkeepsie Tapes, uh, once again, is our movie for today. And it's basically the premise, I think you suggested, no, 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 like a fan suggested this one a long, long time ago when we were terrible, terrible people and we forgot about it. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll try to find his name while 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 you talk. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, I am sorry, whoever you are, madam or sir. Uh, But anyway, so basically this was requested a long time ago and I have heard of this movie before. Um, And the reason why I've heard of this is it gained kind of a cult reputation, not because anyone saw it, but because no one saw it for the longest time. Um, So basically the history behind this film 
is it did premiere back in 2007. And actually, before I do that, I'll go ahead and talk about the film a little bit. Uh, This is basically kind of like a documentary format about a fake serial killer, but they're trying to pass it off as a real serial killer, kind of going into the whole based on a true story um, angle that a lot of horror movies take on in. But you have your interviews with people who are either investigating the serial killer or people who touch, all very, very, very grounded in reality, um, victims, that sort of thing, who were lucky enough to manage to escape or maybe unlucky enough to escape, that sort of thing. Uh, But the big thing as well is the framing device is the uh, agents who are investigating the serial killer murder come across a list of, or basically this warehouse of tapes and tapes and tapes and tapes, uh, videos of the victims. And they splice some of these videos in as well. So not only are you getting like home video recordings of the serial killer tormenting these victims, but also as well um, the investigation and the historical context between trying to find it. The reason why I say I have a little bit of background in this movie uh, is because I have seen GIFs of it all over the place um, in terms of, like, random creepy videos I downloaded off Napster or Kaza or something like that or LimeWire um, a long, long time ago. And there are a couple scenes in particular that I was just like, oh, hey, I recognize that scene because I saw that on the message board, you know, back in 2008, 2009, whatever it was, or... You know, people were discussing it in terms of, like, creepy gifts or creepy stories or that sort of thing, too. And then, of course, people were splicing parts of this movie and kind of putting them online and saying, this is real footage from a real serial killer. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, The biggest one is the uh, murder near the end with the uh, needles and the woman coming in the foreground and him coming on up. That was the one. And I didn't realize that the gift was not the full thing. It cut out right before the murder um, when I saw it online. So when the movie popped up, I was just like, oh, hey, I remember that one. Um, I didn't realize it kept going. Uh, But yeah, that's basically where it came from. And what kind of perpetuated this as well is that it did premiere at a film festival in 2007, um, and it was scheduled for a theatrical release, but it was removed from the release schedule. Like, advertising was happening and everything like that, but it was just completely removed. And it's a lot of he said, she said in terms of why it was removed. There's really no clear definitive answer. Um, But it wasn't given an official release until 2014. So for the longest time, people were going up and saying, oh, yeah, I've heard, I've seen the scariest movie ever, the Poughkeepsie tapes. However, I've never, you know, you can't see it. It's It's a banned film, basically. And that sort of thing. And it kind of took on a life of its own on that front. Um, Finally, though, I believe it was the Shout Factory released in 2017, um, available to the public. And that's when it was um, finally kind of came on out into the public zeitgeist and people were able to see it. So it had a really, really long lead up up until release. People were aware of it before it got on in there. It did kind of fly under my radar. Like I've heard of this movie before and I was just like, oh yeah, it kind of relates to those creepy gifts that I saw. But other than that, I really wasn't too interested in seeing it until you recommended it again. So this was brand new to me. I've never seen this movie before. Um, How about Hmm. you? Have you had any exposure to it? Was this your first viewing as well? Yeah, this is my first view, and I have actually like a similar history in terms of you, like with the same, like you know, similar to what you said, like where it's kind of a movie that just kind of always was talked about and like floated around. And I knew it exists, like I can recognize the, the cover of it, I recognize like certain images, but I never, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd never really seen it. Um, and I'd always heard of it as like the like a lot of the here, like the what I'd heard about it, and like I, you know, I'd see like you know YouTube uh, thumbnails, and they'd be like the worst or the scariest movie I've ever seen. You know, this movie gave me nightmares. This movie is not appropriate to watch. 
And mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's kind of in my mind where it's going. That's kind of why I stayed away from it to a degree. Um, yeah, because it was just like overhyped. Yeah, well, it's just like more like it was. Mm-hmm. It was. It was the way I imagined this in my mind was that it was going to be like VHS almost, but except that each video was like a mini hostel scenario because the way people mm. talked about it made it seem like it was going to be this gory, gross, disgusting thing. And I, you know, I watched a lot of like procedural documentaries and like, um, and I, you know, I listened to like murder podcasts and stuff. And so when mm-hmm. I watched it, I was like, oh, this is. I'm actually pretty underwhelming. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I feel like I've been exposed to so many of those kind of like crazy, insane scenarios, and like you know, seen a lot of uh, you know these, these uh, especially on Netflix, they're, they're releasing a bunch of documentaries and, uh, about these kind of murders and stuff, and you know, and re uh, reimaginings or you know uh, those, those filming documentaries where they kind of you know retell the story uh, with actors and stuff. Uh, to the point, to me, I'm like, oh, this is. I thought it was actually. I, I was surprised by how tame it was for the. Um, uh, the reputation that preceded it to me prior to mm-hmm. me watching it. Um, yeah, and it, it, that wasn't you know the fault of the directors no. or the producers or anything like that. It was just one of those weird situations where it, it kind of took on a life of its own, and because it was unviewable for so so many years, people you know it's the old adage: the scariest thing that you can think of is the one that you come up with in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why you know Jaws is so effective because they don't show the shark until the very very end. That sort of thing, you know that that's a core tenant of horror, in my opinion. Once you reveal too much, it loses all its mystery, it loses all of its luster. Um, so that's how that was going on in there. Uh, one interesting thing I did see about this movie is this was the very first like full length movie debut um, by the director and his brother as well. So the director of this movie is John Eric Doddle. Um, however, he has a brother as well called Drew Doddle, and Drew was be- helps produce it as well. Uh, those are kind of they work as a team to produce a lot of the other movies they came across as well. Um, I read one of the interviews on Looper that was talking about you know how they handle horror and how they handle movie producing together, and it was pretty useful. But they seem kind of to be a pretty good team on that front. Uh, but not only this, they directed this one first. However, they also directed the American remake of Wreck, uh, Quarantine, with uh, Jennifer Carpenter. Uh, did you ever see that one? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty good adaptation. It Not- was, yeah, it was It was kind of like a shot-for-shot remake, but it was yeah. fine for what it was. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, he did that. He also did <laughs> Devil, the one with the elevator. So good. Such a, such a great movie. Yeah. And then I've heard good things about this one, but uh, As Above, So Below, I haven't seen that one yet, but it is Ooh. on my list. It might be an app future episode, but um, I've heard very good things about that one, but he directed that as well. So. Oh, he also did No Escape. No Escape was awesome. Yeah. Like, no, no Escape is, like, not really a horror movie, but it feels like a horror movie, because it's just, like, ooh, it's, it, it, is, uh, it is intense. Ooh, Owen Wilson. Okay, I do have, like, a complete non-secular anecdote here, but... Um, I've been playing City Skylines as just kind of like my game, my city building game to play as um, I watch my YouTube videos or something like that. I was watching a YouTube video about Owen Wilson as I was making an airport, and I was just like, okay, I need to make my airport. I need to name my airport something. Uh, let's just call it Owen Wilson International Airport. There we go. There you go, buddy. <laughs> wow. What a, what, a, what a great name. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of the history behind this movie. Like you said, this is a procedural serial killer documentary. It starts with like interviews for FBI agents and criminologists and forensics experts and people who were affected by these serial killings. And then they do intersplice it between with the videos of the serial killer tormenting his victims, specifically one who's kind of like a constant throughout this entire movie. 
Um, but that's how that goes right there. Anyway, uh, you talked about this a little bit, but Andrew, what did you think of the Poughkeepsie tips? I really liked it. I, I, I thought, you know, as I mentioned, I've watched a lot of these documentaries and films like this, and I, it felt very realistic, and I was really impressed with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I don't know, I thought it, like, again, like, it wasn't as gory as I'd heard it was going to be, but I, I like that about it, because I didn't, I don't know, I'd, yeah. I, I find I like it a lot, I feel like sometimes plot gets lost in those kind of movies, so I really liked that it. it didn't really feel like a shock value, it felt like it was, and it also didn't feel like it was trying to tell a crazy story, like, it, there wasn't, like, a surprise twist at the end, it was very much mm-hmm. like a, this is what these procedurals, how, how they would go, and this is the ending to it, and you're just like, wow, it feels very raw. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How, about, how about yourself? Yeah, um... When I first started off this movie, honestly, like the first 20 or 30 minutes, I was not engaged at all. I was just like, okay, the acting's really, really bad. There was that one comment you gave me shit about that kind of made me feel like, oh, God, I hate that. Um, This is my soapbox right now. I'm going to go back into it. Uh, So if a person does go missing, you do not have to wait 24 hours. You can technically call in a missing person's report whenever. And the movie does clearly specify, oh, yeah, the little girl was abducted from the lawn. However, we had to wait 24 hours before we could find the little girl who was playing out in the lawn. So, of course, they never found her. Yeah, the the first few, you know, hours are critical to finding a missing person. Um, So just if you ever have someone in your life get kidnapped... Call them right away, or mm. call the police right away. Call them. That's it. <laughs> call them. Yeah, Where call them you? too. I mean, try. Yes. Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> Murderers hate this this one secret. <laughs> well, I feel like the most unbelievable part is that, like, I would maybe understand if it was an adult, and they're like, "Oh, uh-huh. you know, my my twenty five year old uh, brother is missing." Oh, like, yeah, give us some time. But like, a five year old is out playing in the fucking yard. Like, <laughs> no way to be like, she's probably fine. She'll turn up. <laughs> yes, yes. And, like, the scene itself was fine. The kidnapping scene was fine. I mean, it, it was a little girl clearly trying to act, so it wasn't, you know, super... But it, that is what it is. That's that's no one's fault on that front. Uh, but it was just that comment later on. I tried to call the police, but they said they had to wait 24 hours, and I'm just like... Eh. I mean, but... but let's, let's be honest here, Dan. I've, you know, as somebody who just admitted to watching... Uh, you know, the newest season of Cobra Kai, there are some child actors who are much older than this girl who are much worse than she is. It's- oh, most <laughs> definitely, yes. And I fucking love every one of them. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I'm not shitting on the child actor. She's got not, you know, it, it is what it is on that front. Um, but yeah, no, that just kind of annoyed me. And then that kind of set the stage for me, just being like, okay, well, the acting thus far isn't that great. And I'm not talking about the little girl. I'm talking about, like, all the adult actors up until that point as well. Premise seems kind of cliche. There really isn't anything that makes me really pull me on in. Okay, this is just going to be a procedural fake documentary on that. I'm really not too interested. But then as the movie went along, and especially after the... Uh, Cheryl Dempsey's kidnapping mm. in her house with her boyfriend, and then like the follow up in terms of her eventual descent into Stockholm syndrome. Um, it, it did win me over by the end. I thought it was very effective. I really do agree with you in terms of the less is more sort of thing because like this is a gory movie at parts, but it's very realistic. It's very effective. Um, this movie cost a little less than half a million to make, which is very very low budget for this type of movie. Um, and I thought they were very, very effective in terms of how they pulled it. And a lot of it, too, just the, because it's a procedural documentary format, the cheesiness of some of the interviews and some of the transitions really leaned into it as well. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I, I I did enjoy this movie overall. 
I, and again, like I feel like even the cheesiness of the interviews felt appro- felt realistic. Like, again, like I, we've uh, Lindsay and I've been watching a lot of these lately, and like literally, like some of these performances, the cheesiness is there because you know they, they you know they want a second take, they want you know the the producers want them to say it a certain way, and it just like felt like that like the right amount of manufacturedness that to me felt realistic, or like something that would actually mm-hmm. be produced, like not not a realistic reaction, but a realistic portrayal of a reaction that was somewhat you know coaxed by the producers, um, mm-hmm. which I thought that was great. Um, are we, yeah. are we, do you feel comfortable going to spoilers now? I know this movie's been, you know, it's pretty old. Yeah, I mean, point. this is definitely one of those movies where, like, more and more people are finding over and over again. I think it is time for spoilers right now. We've given our opinions. If you are into, like, real crime drama, I will say, though, this movie does get a little bit intense. I know we're a horror movie podcast and all, but there are definitely some scenes on there where if you have been abused or suffer any sort of trauma, um, definitely it's very realistic in that manner this is not a fun horror movie to watch uh so just be aware of that as well but i i think it gives both of our recommendations yeah no, anyway spoiler time yeah so i just i just want to ask you do you think um were you waiting for a twist to the reveal of the killer at the end i i thought the kid the kid who they made watch all the videos was going to end up being the killer or something so i do have a theory about that okay, okay. and there is yeah so basically we're never told who's making this documentary. We're kind of just like, okay, this is a film crew. They're going on through. or They don't even have a film crew, I don't think so. It's just one guy kind of going back and forth and doing all this stuff. Uh, um, I'm not sure if we, if, if we ever know who the crew. I don't think we ever talked about who the crew is, really. Yeah. Cause, we don't. Because they're, they're that, the guy that we meet who watched it, it worked for the FBI. He was like, yes. he, was the FBI, he was the guy who like had to go basically and catalog all this stuff. Yes. Yes, that's why about like maybe three fourths of the movie when they start getting to the um, the scene where they think they catch the killer and then they put him in the electric chair or whatever it is and then he turns out to be innocent because the killer starts up again the next time the next month or whatever it is. Um, that's when I started thinking to myself, oh man, there's a quote at the very very end where one of the FBI guys is something says something to the lines of I can tell you one thing, you know, he's still out there, he's probably still killing. I don't know that for certain, but I can tell you for certain that wherever he is, he is watching this film. If this movie ever gets out, he is watching this film. Mm. He is going to watch it over and over and over again. And I thought to myself, man, wouldn't that be a good twist at the very end that like this is the killer that is making the movie? Like, that's what I was thinking. And I was just like, and then I was thinking to myself, yeah, that would make sense because a lot of these, you know, scenes that are going on in the videos that he've collected, because in real life, no production company would put together videos of their victims and splice it together in a documentary film. So that was kind of like a suspension of disbelief because this is a movie. But then I was thinking, well, maybe, you know, he is making this movie and then puts it up on the dark web or something like that. So it spreads like wildfire. Mm. And then also to the post credit stinner as well, where they reveal yet one more victim at the very end. Yeah. Um, yeah. That it kind of made me think, and I was just like, Oh man, that would have been a really, really good twist. So that's my headcanon theory. That's the killer was actually filming and making this movie as well. Um, the only thing that is against that one is the other very, very effective scene where the mother recognizes her daughter's kidnapper's face um, that insinuates that people know who this person is. But I don't know, maybe he just uh, Sasha Cohen Baron and disguised himself the whole way through while filming this movie. Um, but other than that, that's my headcanon for this movie. 
Wait, so did she recognize this? I thought she just like realized it was him because he was being like a little 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 dick, essentially. Like a creep. Yeah, uh-huh. like I, I thought I thought it was more just kind of like she was he was asking her questions and because like you know she knows that he's filming things and this guy uh-huh. comes up and films them and that like you know then he just like. Yeah, she realized yeah, and it, it wasn't. Was it wasn't the era where everyone had cameras on cell phone at that point. So, yeah, yeah. Huh. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. I, yeah. I like that. I like that. It leads more credence to that theory. Yeah, no, I don't. Because I, I don't think I don't think she knew who he was. I think she was just uh-huh. like, oh shit, this guy's being weird. And he laughed and creepily, like, you know, ran away. And so she's like, fuck, I saw this guy, but now I don't know what he looks like because you know you weren't. You know, mm-hmm. she, she said she's like, you know, she froze and she was like, oh god, like, which is terrifying and like. And the thing that this reminds me a lot of, and it's interesting to like, I think you know this kind of came out after. Um, is do, do you know the um, the documentary or the book "I'll Be Gone in the Dark"? I do not know. So it, so it's um it, it was made by actually Patton Oswalt's uh, wife. Um, I guess was a big like uh, kind of horror hound, or no, sorry, uh-huh. like a real life. Um, what do you call it? internet sleuth kind of person? Like she really was really into kind of real true crime, and um, she'd been mm-hmm. doing a lot of profiling of um, the Golden State Killer. Um, I think it's called also called the original Night Stalker, and basically this guy who um, who was a police officer. We find out because like, he's recently, only recently found, um, and he would go around and like eventually, originally just kind of like molested or kind of tied people up, and then eventually progressed further into like killing and um, uh, more sexual assaults and stuff over time. Um, but basically, Pat, well, um, I feel bad, uh, Kathleen Mac- McNamara, maybe I don't know if that's my uh, that's not her name. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I think the name might be McNamara, last name. But anyway. Um, she, she unfortunately passed away uh, recently, uh, in the past decade. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. she, she produced this book, and it's um, it's a great book, and it's a, detailing the Golden State Killer and like his crimes and the things he did, and how he almost got caught, and how he kind of how he'd go to places where they were um, either you know investigating or they're like making public announcements about him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was creepy how much this uh, lined up with that because like a lot of. You know, obviously the killing, these killings happened a long time ago and these um, assaults happened a long time ago, but I think that it was bought more prominence by her book and by this kind of the story that came with it. So it's crazy to see this movie that came out, you know, maybe a decade before that was popularized, imitate so much of it. And like kind of really, it's you know, it, to look at that as an example of a real life serial killer and how the profile and media approached it and then see this fictionalization of it is really interesting because um, it seems mm-hmm. like there's a lot of crossover. Um, and that, that scene in general of, of, the, of the killer coming up to the mom, like, you know, asking how it can help felt kind of similar because there's a, a famous example in the story of the um, Golden State Killer where they had this big um, like rally essentially or like a meeting in a, in a, in a meeting hall of, of talking about it and uh, one of the guys basically stands up and is just like you know this never happened in my house this is you know this is this is a trust this guy you know if you're a real man you would know that this happened to you and then like the next week or something like that the stalker goes to his house and does it to him like ties him in a life up and stuff and like so they know mm-hmm. that he was probably there like watching it essentially to you know to pick out the victim essentially and it's very yeah. uh it, just a lot of the elements of that story really kind of ring true into this i think that maybe we'll probably why some of this isn't as surprising um because I, I feel like i've read it or seen it before but it's mm-hmm. crazy the real life crossover there definitely yeah uh no you can definitely tell that the people behind this movie really really did their research in terms of looking at past historical true crime serial killers and trying to adopt the mannerisms and stories based on that and there um yeah i had a thought when you were talking about that and it's kind of related to this movie but kind of not really um so the stereotype is um you know a, a true crime who do you think is like the biggest market for like these true crime documentaries and like biographies about serial killers and stuff like that teenagers and people who like like you know like people who like uh, james patterson books 
<laughs> That's a good way to put it. Now, the the what I always thought of is just like there's there's a big demographic for it, especially in white women, um, mm. and it, just young women in general. I, I shouldn't even specify on that front, but basically, I, I I noticed that trend a long time ago. And of course, you know, as white cis men, we're the best equipped people to talk about it. Again, that's another joke. Um, but I was talking with an ex about it, and she basically said something to the extent of. Well, yeah, it's kind of like a method of control. It's a trying to understand it a little better. We find that fascinating because we're in more danger of that happening to us. We're statistically more likely, you know, to be kidnapped by serial killers and murdered by serial killers than men on that front. Um, so I thought that was always a little bit interesting. And as I was watching this movie and I was thinking about, okay, who is this audience intended for? You know, how would other people react to that movie? And as you were talking about Patton Oswalt's uh, wife and everything like that, that's kind of what I was thinking. Mm. But uh, yeah, so, I don't know. Just interesting thought I thought I, of myself. You know, I guess the Lifetime Movie Network might also kind of... <laughs> that know, too, yes. Because <laughs> well, also, also Lifetime is the one who sponsored and uh, produced um, Unsolved Mysteries, wasn't it? Was that un- wasn't that Lifetime? Uh, stuff like that? Initially? Because yeah, Unsolved Mysteries is another, you know, true crime documentary. You're, you're, the, guy, you're, you're the guy who has the Lifetime subscription, aren't you? I mean... The wrong guy to be into. We, we, we had turned... We, we canceled it eventually because we like, watched all the movies that were good. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll come all back one it. of them, and it's 200... <laughs> Basically the same movies, copy copy paste jobs. Yep, but yeah, you know, yeah. But I guess that lends credence to your to your concept. Um, but uh, I will say, I feel like nowadays, especially with the internet and kind of the uh, the sleuthing that occurs, there is a lot more. Uh, not well, not that there's more, probably just more prominent, and more easy to access these kind of true crime mm-hmm. stories. Um, which I think is probably again why this why the movie ages very well. Because um, it, it is, you know, it's, it's not as much of a found footage as it's just a, a crazy, you know, not a crazy, but a uh, more revealing documentary, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But like the 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 foundation is there, and the stories are based in some sort of reality. And yeah, and then going back to the demographics, I think that's one of the reasons why shows like you are so popular on Netflix because it's you know kind of caters towards that a little bit, but it's more of a um, what's the word I'm looking for? Saccharine, sweet, sort of oh, layer above it. You it, it so sounds gritty, basically. You is you is fantastic. It is the dumbest show, and I love it. Have, wait, have you read the? It, have you read it's any no, the it's books? no Cobra Kai, but it's dumb. Have you read any of the books? Because the books, the, I have not. The book, I got, so I only read the first one. Uh, Carol Knipper, I want Knipper. I don't know his last name, but anyway, I read the first one because I was, you know, the first season without. It reads the exact same way. Where you're inside, um, what's what's the main guy's name? Uh, I want to call it Huey, but his name's not Huey. <laughs> so, uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, you're you're in Joe. You're inside Joe's head. And he, he writes that stream of consciousness, the way he thinks in the, uh, in the over narration, is just plain in the book. It's insane uh, how mm-hmm. how the way it reads. It, it's so good though. Um, <laughs> but um, anyway, yeah, because I remember when season three ended up, there were so many people. Um, minor minor spoilers for you, by the way. But there were people talking about you know how they were going to do a crossover with like Emily in Paris and that sort of thing. <laughs> like, okay, that. that those two, those two shows, I guess, cross the same demographics. So that would actually be amazing. Anyway. I would love to see you crossing crossing over with other things. That would be. I have not seen Emily in Paris, but by all accounts, I hear from everyone it's terrible. I hear that it's like oddly xenophobic, or which is that, makes sense. That's what I keep hearing about, and I'm so I, I'm, uh-huh. I'm staying away from it. But I will say this more okay, curiosity so I, to be like, how bad is it? This is. This is completely different as well. We are jumping all over the place. We're talking about everything about this movie, this episode. (laughs) Uh, But I also realized as well, so I think maybe what they were trying to go for is the name of the show is not Emily in Paris, but Emily in Paris. Get out of here. Leave. 
Apologize to French people. <laughs> no, but it rhymes. It's, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Anyway, uh, back to back to our movie, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Are there any scenes like you want to talk about or any specific questions you have about this movie? Um, I, I do have a few things that I didn't like about this movie or just didn't hit as hard for me. But uh, what about you? Yeah, no, I was about to ask you the same thing, basically. Um, what did you think about... So, you know, a lot of this, I think, is pretty believable. But there is the the, mm-hmm. the opening kill. Uh, I mean, not opening kill, but the opening kind of gross out of the face sewn into the body. Mm-hmm. What was that? Because it never, it's never brought up again. They're just like, oh, there's this... One time he killed the person by sewing their face into, the, into their body. And you're just kind of like... Didn't they insinuate, like, that the woman was pregnant and, like, a very, very, very early on, but, like took her boyfriend or husband's face and then put it in the stomach. I I'm assuming, I thought that's what they were going for. Was that, I, I, I didn't know what was going on with that at all. That, I think that made me mm-hmm. actually really kind of figure out what the movie was about. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, yeah, because that was during the time I wasn't that into the movie, so it might have been explained it that well. Cause, yeah, because nothing else really happens after that that seems similar to that. It seems like a very one-off kind of thing. Like maybe it's kind of showing he's experimenting. That was kind of I think that was my only what the fuck moment of the movie, especially in the first. Yeah, but honestly, like I could defend that a little bit in terms of the experimentation because that is kind of reiterated later on in the movie. He's constantly changing his mo. Um, You know, he goes from just like um, couples and murdering couple. Well, he goes from little girls to murdering couples to prostitutes and um, all of that. Mm -hmm. So like that that is a key component of him, and that's why he's so hard to catch. Is because every time they think they got him figured out, he goes ahead and switches up his uh, mo. So yeah, but yeah. What 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 other scenes stood out to you? Uh, What did you think of the killer himself? The moments when he was on screen. Oh, I. So, I guess two things. So first, I I loved seeing him set up, and I know that's like. It seems like we've lost him. It, it, it seems inappropriate, but, like, I, I loved seeing him, like, set up the camera and, like, you know, mm-hmm. arrange things. Because, like, you know, like it's it, it's it's creepy because it's showing how premeditated and insane it is. But I think it also adds to the tension. And But it also makes me, like, then kind of laugh a little bit thinking about, like, you know, how Michael Myers sets up his, like, <laughs> his Judith tombstone and shit. Where, like, uh-huh. there's a scene where he sets up a camera. And then he goes and hides in a closet, to, you know, to get the gag, you know, the reaction of him breaking out of the closet. But he ends up never coming out of the closet because, like, the girl doesn't the girl open the closet, and then the boyfriend comes in, and they leave. So it's this entire setup of him trying to do something that, does, that utterly fails. And I love it, because mm-hmm. it's just like, I imagine if, if you were, you know, it, I imagine there are 20 times that, you know, where Jason's fucking under the wrong bed trying to stab, into, like, a knife up, and you know, nobody's there. What the fuck? <laughs> or, you know, he stabs it, and it goes in the wrong place. It's like, shit. Like... I, I like that. Like again, it was creepy, and it was like in the moment, really suspenseful and really effective. But it was one of those things that on reflection, you're kind of like, oh yeah, I guess, I guess you know, maybe maybe you're not the best killer all the time. You know, maybe you know you don't have your off days, or you know, it takes a couple of tries. Or you to adapt, right. you change, do what you need to on that front. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, I get that we're trying to go for like a very realistic sort of serial killer sort of thing, but I just whenever he spoke, there was just something about his voice that just kind of took me out of it. Like it was someone the director's brother or something like that that pulled on in actually i should probably check that to make sure it's not the director's <laughs> brother um <laughs> well like so like what what was off, what was off about it what didn't you like about the voice well first off it's not that i don't know i just i felt it wasn't menacing enough and like i didn't want it to be like you know bane or batman voice or anything like that but it was just kind of it felt like someone trying to be tougher than they actually were. And I apologize to Ben Messimer, um, 
the actor who played this guy. Uh, you know, if you were really trying to get a, whatever it was on that front. But I just, it, I, I didn't find it. It took me out of it because it felt like someone acting. And the acting by most of the major players in this movie, especially the main actress um, who played Cheryl, she was, I thought she was very good, um, especially at that ending scene. But with him, it, it, it didn't, I didn't find it believable. Oh. And I'm having a hard time pinpointing why. Like, I, and like, I, I kind of went back and forth in terms of, well, yeah, of course, it's it's trying to be realistic. It's trying to be a real-life example of someone who's trying to that, not a movie serial killer, but more of a real-life awkward serial killer. But at the same time, I just, I couldn't shake that. Like, I, I, I'm kind of the opposite. I, I love that about it. Because like you said, like, it's kind of plain, but also somebody trying to actually think exactly what he was. He was trying to maintain, like, the average Joe thing. So it was, like, painful how he tried to be jovial, how he tried to be positive at times. Like, the way his voice was that, kind of that canter of, like, I'm just, like, a, a regular dude, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, I thought that was, like, perfect. Because it was, like, I think it added to the feeling of you could tell, like, you know, like I mentioned the tension of the, of the setting up the camera. He was setting up his voice and, like... Those are the actually I love the the long shots of him talking to people, like or the girl you know the, the last woman he we see him kill where he uh, gets this woman in, in his car and he's just like, oh talking that with scene her. was very good. It's, it's what literally always hear their two voices essentially for most of it is just their voices and a camera staring out the back window as they talk and it's so I thought I thought it was great like, I thought it was like it really kind of hit home that idea that this guy is just blend this guy is just a person and like mm-hmm. he's just a dude and he can just fuck you up like yeah he's like he's, you know and, he, and he's trying to be helpful and even like you know he has like oh you know you don't have to you need to like you know he's not like pushing necessarily like you can there are some moments when he gets a little stressed you can tell which i thought were great mm-hmm. like i i actually think that the actor did an awesome job i thought he did an insane job um so i will i will disagree with you on that <laughs> that's okay we don't disagree often enough but yeah i just <laughs> I, I i get what he was going for and trying to be like the normal every man but i just i don't know there, there was something about it that made me kind of took me out of it in terms of this is not a serial killer every man this is a guy trying to act like a serial killer every man hmm. um and, and doing an okay job of it but just i i don't know i guess i just felt it could have been better yeah well, um see that i i, I do like i I think part of me too is like I kind of saw him as somebody trying to be a serial killer in in the in the story because like I feel like his you mm-hmm. know his dress up his like his like flopping around and his weird fucking like uh, I don't know his like frilly like mask. thing like, not the doctor mask the doctor mask I, I loved until he put on the whole mm-hmm. like collared cape capelet and like ran around and flopped around and I was like okay this guy's like insane <laughs> but that that kind of showed me again that like, he's trying to be this thing that he isn't um, which I I I know I thought that added to it. Um, what did you think of the the scene before the needle neck where he's like crawling like a weird little like oh yeah no i have seen that hundreds and hundreds of times just because that is whenever i i I get in a mood sometimes where i'm just like i just want to be creeped out so i go on like the creepy subreddit or i go to no sleep or let's not meet or just look up horror short movies on my phone in bed sometimes um, but that was one for the longest, longest time where I would see that in terms of the slow creep and the needles to the neck, and it cut out at that point. I never realized that in the actual movie he plunges right in, and it's actually a pretty extended death sequence of her just bleeding out as she, he pits a vein or an artery or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought that was a very, very good scene. And then the scene, too, that you were talking about in terms of the English woman being picked up um, because she thought thinks she's talking to a police 
police officer and he realizes, oh, yeah, I never said I was a police officer. I'm just dressed up like one. I'm actually the serial killer and I'm going to kill you and there's nothing you can do about it. That was a great scene. I loved that scene. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else to... Um, yeah, anything with Cheryl. I loved watching the... Well, I didn't love it because it was very uncomfortable, but it was very effective in terms of Cheryl's like slow descent into the Stockholm Syndrome. I think the best scene in the movie is when they do the interview with her after she's gone through everything she has, and she's realizing that... You, we, you basically realize because he's broken her so much, he's taken everything from her, and because she's so terrified of him... She can't say anything on her own. Everything she does is just, I don't know, because I don't know what the serial killer wants me to say. Yeah. And then that reveal when she scratches her head, and then you realize that her hand's been cut off, and she's just got a stump. That was that was so good. Yeah, no, and the, well, in the scene with the um, the Girl Scouts, like, tense scene where, yeah. where he invites these girls into his house, and they're like, we shouldn't come in. He's like, well, I'm a police officer. It's okay. You should come in. Uh, which also, okay. the original Night Stalker, the Golden State Killer, was a police officer as well, it turned out being. So it's mm-hmm. like, ooh, that's... Again, hidden home, but uh, um, but uh, th- the scene where he's talking with them, and then they're talking, and then you hear this, this bump downstairs. So the girl's like, "What's that?" And he's like, "Oh, it's my. It's there's a raccoon down there, so I probably shouldn't buy too many cookies." And they're like, "Oh, okay." He's like, "Do you want to see the raccoon?" They're like, "No." He's like, "Well, you know what? Here's the bump again." He's like, "You know, you guys should go." So basically, they they get to go, which you know, again. These long shots where you're just waiting for him to do something to take these girls down. These like you know, these children. And for that one, like I have a theory. Well, I don't have a theory, but I have a question for you on that one. Like, yeah. why do you think he let them go? Because well, because he he thought they might. You know, it's two two kids. They can get up. I I took it as like he, at that point he really because he um, the reason he let them go is because he heard the girl downstairs moving around. Mm-hmm. So the I, other thing I think of as well is he let them go right after he found out where they lived. Um, they, oh. they talked about the neighborhoods they lived on in. So I'm, I was wondering because he operates in certain areas. I was wondering if he only like kidnaps from certain areas within the city. Um, and then like they were one street over or one street too far. So he let them go. That's, that's a good that's point. What I was thinking that's a good point. Yeah. Cause that is, uh, yeah. Cause yeah. If you killed too close to him, it might not be, might not be a good idea. But then the, the reveal after that awkward conversation that, uh, Cheryl was just, crouched on in, in front of them when she yeah. goes to the table he yeah. that she was ba- basically we find out that this girl he kidnapped was crouched on the ground in like on all fours and she was underneath a, like a, 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 a tablecloth so she was there underneath there supporting the table and basically he just made her sit there and listen as he talked to these girls and maybe it's got ready to kill them it was insane mm-hmm. like what a what a crazy and creepy reveal and the way that she was just mm-hmm. panicking like I, I wasn't you know i didn't do this i didn't i don't let the girl go downstairs down like insane uh really fucked up and like what a great scene and also it kind of shows you that like they were like, he was in the middle of something with with her before um those girls came because right they knocked on the door while he was so he opened the door which means that he was probably like you know in the middle of what something with fucking cheryl there mm-hmm. and you know covered her up and then brought them into the room where she was so she had to like sit there still um which you know maybe maybe it was a threat of he'll kill them if she lets him know I don't know but it was like you know it was it's a it was a tense scene which then is like all the more fucked up when the reveal happens yeah yeah I really like that yeah I'm trying to think what else uh, in this movie just a lot of scenes that really really stuck with me um, 
the sign language um, that the killer constantly uses. Like, he doesn't just use sign language at the gas station, but there's other moments when he's on the screen where he's just kind of signing to the camera as well, but the movie doesn't make note of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was interesting. I didn't, like, do any research in terms of figuring out exactly what he was saying, but it really played into the angle that, you know, everything that the serial killer did, he it was premeditated. Yeah. He planned everything, even the capture at the very end where they finally were able to rescue Cheryl. Um, it, it was because he let them basically. So, yeah, yeah. Well, and then I thought, like you know, again tying it to the real world again. Like I thought, one thing that was really effective to kind of make this feel real was that the nine eleven tie in, because like this what this movie takes place at, back in two thousand seven. Uh, or it, um, is when, it was released in two thousand seven, but I kind of got the impression it took place a lot earlier than that. Well, yeah, or at least like you know the, the, the production put together. But yeah, these, these killings happen uh-huh. around. We learned they happen on nine eleven because um, they end up revealing, as, as you mentioned earlier, that some guy gets essentially framed for the killings and put to death. And then when he gets made innocent, you know, when they reveal he's innocent, it's the same time as 9, like nine eleven happened, uh, either the day the day after or something like that. So like. The fact that this guy was exonerated and his family was exonerated for the, these murders wasn't really publicized because 9-11 shattered it, essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. Which is insane. Like, again, like a, a really creepy... Uh, like, you know, the, 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 like even this guy's, you know, the, the... Not that, like, necessarily he knew it was going to happen, obviously, but that it just... Uh, I don't know, that it uh, got covered up in that way just adds to kind of the tragedy that this person is, you know, a complete victim of this killer even though he's never touched by the killer and even like mm-hmm. history doesn't remember his innocence, which is insane. And like, cause the, the, his son appears and is like, Oh yeah. This, you know, I used to have, you know, I'd go to college and people would be like, Oh, are you the, uh, you know, that killer guy? Are you? And he's like, no, actually that was my dad. And he was gone. Right. And like, it's like this kind of like sad, realistic scene there. Um, I don't know. I thought that was really imp- an impressive ad, but I think it made it feel real. Definitely. 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 Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know what else to talk about this movie besides just the fact that there's a lot of really effective scenes. It was really, really good. Um, yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised at this. I did not expect it to like as much as I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, definitely does not live up to the hype <laughs> in terms of what the internet guys made for it. But for what it is, it's pretty good. And I'm glad the director went on to do some very interesting things. He got some big projects. Um, like, he worked with uh, M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong on <laughs> Devil, even though everyone thought that it was an M. Night Shyamalan movie, but no, just it was a story. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I'm really excited to see As Above, So Below. That's on my list of horror movies to watch, along with a whole bunch of other ones as well. And apparently I gotta watch No Escape as well. You gotta watch No Escape, bro. You gotta watch Pierce Brosnan teaming up with... Uh... Owen Wilson to save their kids. Oh, I'm so in. It's it's like surprisingly good. It's like do you ever see that movie? Um, Africa, what was it? the movie about the hurricane that hit some resort island? It has Ian McGregor in it. Uh, it's the something no I can't remember, but it's like it's another was like not realistic because it's it, there's all there's antagonistic. It's basically about like um, I don't even remember what it's about. It's some some it's it's some probably like foreign you know fear of the foreign thing, which is terrible, but. Um, it's uh, I don't know. It's just it's really tense, intense, um, and you know, well, well, well shot for a movie that I did not expect to be. I don't, I don't expect most movies of Pierce Brosnan these days to be good. <laughs> uh, you know, other than the you know the Shazam, the new Shazam or Black Adam movie, he's going to be great. He's de- definitely not, uh-huh. definitely not. Oh, you're actually killed. optimistic about Black Adam? No, I mean he's the thing I don't like about it is I think they're going to probably kill off some of these characters in really dumb ways because you know they're, they're having the Justice Society there. 
And I'm like, I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't want to see Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate get capped by uh, Black Adam. Because I feel like technically Pierce, uh, Dr. Fate should just destroy him. So, you know, don't, yeah. don't, don't want to see that happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Uh, do yeah. you, so this movie reveals at one point that they're missing a bunch of tapes. I, mm-hmm. I know there isn't a sequel. Did you think they were? Pl- I, doubt I doubt they're planning one. Would you oh, want to no. see a sequel? Because they could. They could with missing Definitely tapes. Not. They could do a sequel easily. They could, but again, I think this movie very, very carefully threads the needle of you know what you don't see is the scariest. Like they've already you know they, they showed their guns. They showed a lot of the scary scenes. They know what it's capable of doing. I assumed that the movie was saying, okay, now this is the tapes that you did see. Now imagine what's on the tapes you didn't see. And I think the guy actually outright explains it at some point. Now imagine what's not on these tapes yeah. that we didn't see. The ones he didn't want us to see. That sort of thing. So that's what I was kind of getting. Just kind of like letting your imagination go wild. Oh my god, what could be worse than, you know, the child kidnapping at the very beginning or all the other stuff. So like, here, that's kind of what I'm saying. But here's my I don't theory. think this movie needs a sequel. Yeah, go ahead. My theory? This is actually a prequel? Or, uh, you know, a... Uh, in addition to the Sinister series, so this is Ooh, this yeah. this is like this is like Bagul. Bagul somewhere. Bagul is, uh-huh. is the creature that you know when he walks on all fours for a second. That's what he's trying to imitate. That is a really underrated horror movie. Classic. Just the tapes in that one were fantastic. Yeah, the lawnmower scene still gets me. That lawnmower scene, honestly, is probably one of the most. Um, oh yeah, the, gosh, well, effective jump scares I've ever seen in a horror movie. Definitely. Yeah. Ooh. Do you see the sequel? I did not. wasn't great. I hear it's not great. wasn't great. <laughs> <laughs> not nearly as scary. Um, yes. But, yeah. This, this, I could see this, this existing in that same universe. I'd, I'd be here for it. Would you want to see, like, do you think a spiritual sequel to this could be interesting? Like, because part of me is like, hmm, what if we did create more, uh, you know, very realistic crime movies that aren't real? But then I'm, like, kind of disturbed by the process of where we could go with that and what life might imitate that at some point. Yeah, I mean, like, it really, if they went with another serial killer, what is the angle they could take to make it as interesting? Because basically, like, the whole premise behind this one is just, like, this is a super, super effective serial killer who manages to stay one ahead, step ahead of the FBI every single step of the way. Um, well, where could they take it from here? Like, yeah, they could take inspiration from other serial killers, like the Icebox Killer or something like that, but at the same time, it's just, like it would just be the same thing but lesser i don't see this concept going any further than it did right now in this movie um hmm. well, yeah i would rather they try something new like which I, they I, did i i agree that that i don't see a need for it but then i also think about all the documentaries and all the killing documentaries we have on everything and you know obviously they're based on real stories so that's why they're telling the story but I think to a lot of us as viewers, we just see them as stories, more or less. You know, like, we're not involved in these situations. Like, you know, it's, it's like when the Queen died, and everyone's like, oh, no, the Queen. And, and then they interview people on the street, and they're like, I mean, I didn't know her. <laughs> like, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it's that same kind of thing where, you know, as, as terrible as it is, these things happen to real people. I think it's 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 almost like a more mm, sanctioned, not sanctioned, what's, what's the word where something's allowed? Sanctioned? No. Sanctified? No. That, that means it's popular. Uh, allowed? Yeah, it's like more normed and more socially acceptable horror mm-hmm. to a degree. You know, like, if you're like, I watch horror movies and like Saw, people are like, that's kind of gross. But if you're like, I watch documentaries about serial killers, we're like, oh, 
Maybe, maybe maybe my mind's wrong. Maybe that isn't more acceptable, but my mind is no, no, no. I, I, I definitely could see that, and it depends on who you're talking to. Because, like I said, I feel like the Saw movies are mostly for people who are just like gore hounds, and then you know serial killer documentaries. Those are more for, like I said, the um, highbrow, mostly young women who you know are more likely to be victims demographically and it, it it's in, from what i understand what i've been told in the females in my life is it's there's an element of control there there's an element of understanding makes it less scary um you know kind of like okay if i can understand the serial killer then maybe i could you know avoid that situation in the future that mm-hmm. sort of thing that there's like this innate subconscious drive um from what i've been told again because i'm not the person to talk about but that is that. Mm. No, it, yeah. yeah, but I, 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 it's like to that, that's why I think like maybe a, a sequel could work. Not a sequel, but a an anthology. Because you know, if you think about like VHS, what's VHS? But a bunch of you know short, often bad shorts uh, in a movie. You know, we, we could we could we could continue <laughs> this in in this form. Like, you know, we, we, you know, even taking VHS nineteen ninety eighty four or whatever it was. Four, you yeah. know, bring back rat rat. Radocan? Radatata? Radatata. Radatata. My favorite Pokemon. (laughs) Hail Ratna. That was it. Bring back Uh, Ratna, but present it in this form, where they're like, oh man, you know, my buddy (laughs) went into the, you know, into the sewer and disappeared, and then at the end have the Ratna reveal. That'd be such a better movie. Like, I want, I want, (laughs) I want these. I want, I want to feel like Ratna exists. (laughs) No, I want to, I want to, I want people to question and be like, was Ratna a real thing? You know? Ratna was real. My buddy told me the movie's just here to disguise it. That's that's what I want to come out of this. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Sure. I, I, I'll be curious to see a not not a. It's I don't even want to see it. I'm not saying I want to see it because again, I think that at times these can be depressing, and I think at times like I've noticed when Lindsay and I watch a lot of these that there are times where I need to be like, oof, I need to go watch something happy because uh yep. life is sad now <laughs> yeah there's there's fun horror movies and there's other horror movies and this is definitely not a fun horror movie so no. but it's effective one it's it's like grave of the fireflies i'm like i'm glad i watched it it was a very good movie but i really don't want to see it again anytime soon so speaking of movies that you're glad you watched but don't want to see again soon how would you compare this to blood for dracula <laughs> for printing it back <laughs> our, our our fan who requested it do you see what he posted on our facebook no what did he say uh, the fan who requested... Oh, I don't want to out him, but he made a comment, and it was really funny. So, oh, I have to get um, Yeah, but that was that. Uh, but uh, anyway, that was... Uh, it, it just keeps coming back. It keeps coming back over and over and over again. Blood for Dracula, Flesh for Frankenstein. Um, I wonder if this serial killer understood that to understand life he had to fuck death in the gallbladder <laughs> i wonder if that's why he kidnapped these women in this movie that, that may have been maybe that you know he wanted to understand life with with the the, the woman who you mentioned you know had a miscarriage and so he shoved a head in the gallbladder and you know made it made it work i'm done talking about it <laughs> please please stop Andrew. What, what, all right anyway uh any news going on in the horror world um apparently uh, uh, barbarian came out i hear it's what is that a movie Barbarian came yeah, out. Yeah, I've heard, I'm hearing great things about it. I really want to go see it. I'm pumped for it. I've heard I've heard great things. Yeah. Uh, but also, Halloween Ends is coming out real soon, which is insane to think yeah. about. That's, yeah. Well, when's it coming out? Is it coming out it's, in... It's uh, October 14th, maybe? I think that could be wrong. That could be a, a mis, misname. Uh, but it's it's pretty soon. Um, <laughs> I like how the first autofill on Google is, is Halloween Ends happening? <laughs> Uh, October 14th. Uh, yes, uh, the 14th. Yeah, I'm uh-huh, a pro. Yeah. I'm a pro. You are. 
Uh, yeah, that's that. Uh, Orphan First Kill comes out on October 18th, direct to DVD. Oh, no, you can, you, you can rent Blu-ray. it on Voodoo. You can rent it on Voodoo right now. Ooh. I'm not going oh, to. Really? I, I refuse to. <laughs> I'm uh, not going to, but yes. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know why that movie came out. What? Why the movie exists. The boys, they're doing The Boy 3, which is crazy to me. Uh, what? The, yeah, The Boy 2 is not great. The Boy 2 is bad. Uh, the boy, and like it retroactively made the first one worse, right? Oh, it definitely did because they. So the uh-huh. what's the twist of Boy One? It wasn't a haunted doll. It wasn't a haunted doll at all. What's the twist of Boy Two? Actually, it was a haunted doll. <laughs> You're like what? Uh-huh. And then yeah. apparently, we did do an episode on the boy. If you would like to listen to that, did we? We did. What? Yes, we did the boy. Holy shit! We also did the very the the, the original. Uh, uh, reboot of Halloween, and you said, "Wait, you liked the uh, reboot of the Halloween?" I'm like, "Andrew, we did a whole episode on it. What are you talking about?" <laughs> Wait, but you didn't like it, though, did you? <laughs> I, I thought it was okay. No, I, I mean, I, no, no, no I, I think it was better than okay. I, I really did like the 2018 Halloween. Uh, Halloween kills, though. No, d- d- definitely not. But we also did an episode on that one as well. That's true. That those ones, those, uh, that yeah. one I remember. I, 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 I thought you didn't like it, but okay. Uh-huh. I, yeah, no, I liked it. Uh, <laughs> the Boy, yeah, we did that two years ago. It was uh, season two, episode three. I keep forgetting that we, we have seasons. On... Yeah, yeah, what yeah, season yeah. are we on now? Uh, we're on season four, I think. Dude, we, or three. One more season, and, and we're caught up with... Uh, we're caught up with... Um, Cobra Kai. We're on season five. We gotta get there. Oh, yeah, that's right. It, yeah, right. No, season four, episode 17. Yeah, technically, because Cobra Kai is show so short with their seasons or with their episodes i think we've already surpassed them. so this season we're going to get we're going to have some uh very old guy from our past come and you know take over our, our podcast and turn it into the evil by you know making it more acceptable to younger kids yeah but he also has shades of gray where he's not really that 100 percent evil he just has a different perspective um now my favorite thing about cobra kai is that it teaches me that communication is overrated and all problems can be solved with karate which is exactly what i need to know in my life that is like, the amount of times that that danny larusso goes into a fight and it just fucks him and his wife and his family and everybody over and then he just keeps doing it over and over again like i i feel like when this when this series started out, it was really a Johnny Redemption arc, and then very quickly, uh-huh. and you're like, yeah, okay, Lurus is kind of a dick, and then you got to know, it, and they're like, oh, actually, Lurus is a good character too, and then the more you watch it, the more you're like, no, Lurus is a fucking idiot. Like, <laughs> why did you just make this character the biggest dumbass on earth? Like, so good. Yeah, and that's what I love about it. It's just, it, 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 it's great. All the characters are interesting. It's just, it's it's so fun. It's pure fun. I love it. I love it so much. Oh yeah. It also helps, too, that I was a huge fan of the Karate Kid movies growing up. So Were you, though? My dad always... <laughs> yes, I was, actually. My dad always used to call me uh, Daniel Sun, <laughs> and then he didn't realize that they were saying Daniel Sun as a, like, son the Japanese honorific, um, but he would just always call me Daniel Sun because that's what he heard. <laughs> Get out of here. But yeah, no, I was a fan. Yeah, I, I really uh, want at some point somebody to be like, hey, Daniel, I know that you're really into karate, but maybe, like, stop making everything about Japanese culture because you're, like... <laughs> Just a white dude. <laughs> I feel like a lot. Amanda, the they, they go the, they go over the they go over the top a little the best bit. Character. They, they go over the top a lot. Yeah. I feel like with with his uh, appropriation at times. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. Um, now, Amanda has his wife is the best character in the entire show because oh, she's the only one that sees the karate bullshit. Just like maybe we shouldn't karate. Yeah, she, let's just like, talk. There, there, there's there's this this is you are two rival karate dojos. Like this is not the end all be all. <laughs> oh yeah. Though, you know, I love that. I'm just, I love it so much. What season do you think Hillary Swank's going to appear? Oh, God. Well, I think they're planning on ending with the next season, so... Are they? Okay, Hillary Swank better appear. Uh-huh. She better be like, I'm the next so. Karate Kid. And then Jaden Smith uh-huh. will pop up and be like, I'm the next Karate Kid. And then, like, 
that whoever they're, they're, they're doing another reboot, he'll pop up and be like, I'm actually the next Karate Kid. And then somebody, I don't know, some actual like Olympic martial arts will pop up and be like, no, that's actually me. He'll punch him on the face and leave. Yes. Classic. Yes, yes. And then they'll hire me for a Krav Maga kid. Exactly. The big Daniel-san, get, uh, get in there with your Krav Maga, and then people will be like, what a bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there was something funny I wanted to make joke, a joke there. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I think I talked about this last episode. I talked about pummeling last episode and the test I did. About how you pummeled your partner? Yes, I pummeled the partner, and then I looked at the pictures, and I was like that meme where it's just like, I'm going to be so good at <laughs> hugging. That's, that's what I think about all the time. No, we're a problem. So oh. my, my, my instructor sent me feedback from that test, and she was just like, okay, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. But I also want to thank you, too, because you're like one of the most popular person, people that are one of the most positive people on the field always. Um, pop- around the popular floor, guy. Around the How popular this guy is. Yeah, I guess so. I'm just, I just, I, I make fun of myself. That's really it. <laughs> That's really what it is. I don't take myself too seriously. And I, I like it, too, because my dojo, well, not even dojo, just my gym is just like, you know, the instructors often wear, like, unicorn leggings and shit like that. They don't take themselves seriously, which I love. It's great. But they're also very effective, too. And it's also really, really good, too, because the owner is um, a huge proponent of women's self-defense. And she always uses me as an example. Like, she's like, okay, well, today we're going to talk about, you know, uh, ground takedowns. Dan, come on over here. All right, I'm going to take him down to the floor. And if I can do it, then you ladies can do it, too, because Dan is, like, three times as big as me. <laughs> it's great. I love her. She's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. I'm just waiting for somebody, you know, for somebody. We don't, we don't have any comments on our podcast, but somebody to comment and be like, "Stop this episode at like an hour because the rest of them talking about a Karate Kid." <laughs> and <I'm talking laughs> about, wow, great, great episode. And the proud of Predator Watch. No, no, like literally. <laughs> my girlfriend and I were listening to the uh, our previous episode on the ride home uh, from we, we we were on a road trip last weekend or the weekend before that, and. <laughs> She was just like, okay, when we said we decided to sign off, okay, let's listen to something else. And I'm like, no, we still got about 20 minutes left. In the air, so. <laughs> yeah. And she was like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, we talked bullshit for 20 minutes. That episode had so many endings. And we're like, all right, goodbye. We're going to thank. Oh, yeah, okay, we'll meet you guys. Oh, but what about this thing? <laughs> <laughs> it was like the Lord of the Rings Return of the King of the uh, Prime Minister Head Stock Horror. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, speaking of which, last aside, have you watched the new Lord oh of the Rings? Oh, my God. <laughs> We're done. I'm sorry. I love you, Andrew, but we're done. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, once again, this has been the episode on the Poughkeepsie Tapes. Um, both would recommend it on that front. Uh, check us out. We do have four seasons worth of episodes. You can go on and jump in with everyone. Uh, I would not recommend listening to the first few episodes, not because they're bad. Well, because they're bad. But How dare you? Just take take it easy on us i guess we, we we had a lot of gimmicks and we tried some stuff but what is awesome and what we've had since the beginning is our opening theme song that is horror movie story by the ben teddy's atlas you can get that off the album children of the corn they are good good canadian boys and god i'm so we're, we're so lucky to have them. we really are uh fantastic stuff i i'm so glad we randomly stumbled across that but also because that is the perfect soundtrack and i we're not going to change that anytime soon but for my for my, yeah. for my last call out so I, I did find out who this was recommended by but, I, but they their instagram is just their name and i fear we're i feel kind of weird calling them out for that however they do have a band uh, and their band is called suplex city um so 
member of Suplex City. Thank you uh, for the recommendation. I, I really enjoyed it. Or they're probably called Suplex City Band. I apologize. Um, ah, so Suplex City Band. I'll check, check it out. out on Instagram. I, I didn't want to say the, the person's name just because you know it's their, their, I think it's actually their full name, and I, don't, I feel like I don't feel yeah, yeah. sharing that. But thanks for the suggestion. Really loved it. Honestly, um, I, I'm going to visit it again. I think. Um, okay. When when did they make the suggestion? Oh, when did it was made? Let me see. Uh, it was made. I'm glad you asked because I have this clearly here in the top of my head. Um, so I responded to them on March 20th of 2021 uh, when they suggested it because uh, I can't I can't see the original suggestion. So it must have been around that time. I think I responded pretty quickly. We are so sorry. We will do better. <laughs> just like just like our apology uh, post, which is on our Instagram and Facebook, which you can follow right now uh, to keep up with the latest episodes. Um, we, we apologize, but thank you. I, 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 I'm so I'm so impressed with this with this apology post. By the way, it's, been, it's very good. It's good stuff. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you so much for listening, and I think that'll do it. Bye. Stay groovy.